Hey, I'm Molly, and I'm the host of the Did That Age Well podcast. Each week, my guests and I recap and review movies from the past, and we talk about how they hold up. I'm joined by comedians, writers, friends, and podcasters to talk about the cringeworthy to the timeless classics. We break them all down and share some laughs as we do it. So find us at milehighlife.com or follow Did That Age Well wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, it's Drew Goodman. Guess what? Like everybody else in America, I have a podcast. Actually, I've had it for four years. Download it at all of your favorite places you get podcasts. I have great guests, guys like Ryan McMahon, Dan Issel, Hall of Famer-to-be Albert Pujols, current Hall of Famer Larry Walker, Adam Schefter, and we kick around subjects locally, regionally, nationally. So download it and tell your friends. The Drew Goodman Podcast. Catchy name. is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. With protection, then he took off down the field. It was completely made up. First and ten, messy pocket, fumble! Oh, and it looks like Denver may have gotten it. Let's see, was it Cooper? It was, it was Jonathan Cooper. <laughs> the Denver Broncos get that return there, a fumble recovery by... Cooper after the fumble forced by Baron Browning and Sandy Baron Browning and the Broncos pass yep. rush going to be a big part of this equation for the Broncos. Uh, it had better be. This is, um, be. and, and it leads me to this thought process with the Broncos as uh, we're joining you, Sean Drotar with you, Sandy Clough on my left, Danny Bailey in the booth. Uh, your line to interact with us is 303-831-1340. It, it would be this, and it's the idea that we talked a little bit about this yesterday with Russell Wilson and the idea that with the pass attempts per game and you know, he made 19 pass attempts against that against that Chiefs team in the win that we just heard from a little bit there ago, called by CBS, Kevin Harlan on the call, of course. It's hard. Like, Unmistakable I, like I need to tell call. you. Exactly. Of course, Kevin, Kevin Harlan. Harlan. But the we went over those numbers yesterday because, yeah, we said, okay, well, 19 pass attempts, but that doesn't count the sacks. Well, I went back and counted the sacks, and I went across the league and counted the sacks. Well, Russell Wilson is 24th in the league when it comes to average pass attempts plus sacks per game. In other words, actual pass attempts, right, in theory. What right. we really should call pass Intention attempts. Intention to pass. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Intention <laughs> to pass. IPAs, that leads to another, that, another more delicious thing to mind, but there you go. Intended pass attempts. But the... <laughs> That puts him in the area of like the Taylor Heineke's of the world, uh, yeah, and, and the right. quarterbacks that like, Tyson be, Tyson Bajent, yeah. uh, Justin Fields, Desmond Ritter. You'll notice these guys are backups for the other guys. the it, The quarterbacks that you say we don't trust them to not screw up the game. Now, <laughs> that were am I wrong? I mean, that's it, isn't it? Yes, it's basically I, the coach I'm, saying like I'm I, laughing in agreement. Yeah, I don't, not, I don't trust disdain. them to screw up the game, yeah. so I'm going to limit <laughs> their right. their opportunities that's to screw right. up the game. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson has 324 career NFL touchdowns. That's yeah. more than John Elway, and I know we're talking about a different era of yeah. football. But when you compare him to the Tyler Taylor Heineke's and Tyson Bajans and Desmond Ritters right. of the world, if you're Russell Wilson, even with a disastrous year last year, you're probably looking at it and saying, I think I can do a little more than that. Let Let me augment your point here. 
Russell Wilson in his career, his entire career, has now had five games in which he threw for fewer than 120 yards in a game. Five times. Wow. In 10 plus this, years. 12 years? Yeah. 11 and a half. Two of those games have come in the last three weeks. Wow. Not including the bye week, of course. Right, for, right. for no yards three, during the bye yes. week, shockingly enough. We'll but, 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 yes, two Actual of his last weeks. three games, he had only thrown for below 120 yards three times in his life as an NFL player. And twice in the last three weeks, he has failed to hit the 120-yard pass mark, including in the most recent game against Kansas City, prompting our declaration that they would have no chance to win in Buffalo if he does not throw the ball more than 19 times. Right. At 19 pass attempts, I don't care how many times he's sacked, no matter how many times he intends to pass. It, it, that number has to be in the 30 to 35 range. Now, we know Denver's pass rush, you're exactly right. Denver's pass rush is the key in this game. Denver has rushed the passer better in recent weeks. They have covered better in recent weeks. The two, as you know, as most of our listeners know, most of all of our listeners know, they got to go together, right? Right. Good pass rush means better coverage. Great coverage means the pass rush has more time to get Correct. to the quarterback. All right. But on the offensive side, the Broncos can't be nearly as cautious. Notice I didn't say conservative. Right. They can't be nearly as cautious or protective of Wilson or afraid of Wilson as head coach Sean Payton seems to yeah, be. Yeah, afraid, afraid I think that is the Wilson good, yeah. will screw up the game. And even if he is back there attempting to pass, when he's sacked, goodness gracious, he might fumble. So the best thing to do is not to have him even intend to pass. And, you know, it isn't that he's thrown a lot of picks. No. That, he's that's thrown four exceptions. And I guess, let me, let me zoom out of there a little bit. Let's think about this. How... How many sacks? And I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. You know, I'm not, I'm not asking for a specific number. We, we don't really know all of that. But when you look at the sacks that Russell Wilson has taken, and you and I have watched all of these games more than once already this year, and Wilson's taken a lot. He's taken 20, 26. That's the fourth most in the league. But how many of those sacks do you think that the average? I'm not even say average quarterback. Let's say average, they're, they're, you know, 32 teams in the league. Let's say 11, right? Roughly a third. Out of the top 11 quarterbacks in the league, how many sacks has Russell Wilson taken that you think those guys would not have, given the given those plays, given those situations? I'd say maybe, uh, you know what? I, I think Wilson holds on a little long. I, let's say yeah. maybe seven or eight. Yeah, that's about Let's right. say seven or eight, right? So he's played eight games. Let's say Russell Wilson, if you were top 11 quarterback, in QBR, a passer rating where he already is. But if you were in the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, Jack Prescott, right. Justin Herbert, Tua right. Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts world, let's say you've mm-hmm. taken one fewer sack per game. And those are, let's put those on Russell Wilson. Well, the funny thing is that would bring him down to 18. 18. 
yeah. which actually kind of Sandy puts him in the range of most of those guys. Right. With the notable exceptions of uh, Allen and Mahomes, who just are very difficult to get sacked. Well, they're elusive. I, I mean, they right. buy themselves a lot of time with their legs, with their instincts. But Herbert's got strength, 20. Prescott's got 22. Yeah. Uh, Hertz has tw- uh, 22. So, okay, you can pin one of those on Wilson. But now they're throwing more than Wilson's right. throwing. What's the quarterback? Uh, how often does a quarterback fumble when they're sacked? I don't know. Reasonably often. I'm I'm not. Well, wasn't convinced. Johnny Unitas the all times uh, all time fumbles leader until Dave Craig passed until him? Craig passed him, mm-hmm. and did anybody pass Craig? I don't think so quite I yet. No, I don't but think so either. I I guess I just look at it and think, all right, Russell Wilson does take more sacks. He always has, by the way. That's right. Not oh, new. oh, he's in as we he's talked over about in the offseason. Career he's the, and the youngest person to ever do yeah. so. So you knew you were getting there. So Russell Wilson has been Russell Wilson, and he takes more sacks than the average quarterback. But I'm not convinced that the line has been so epic or so phenomenal or the play calling has been so amazing that the majority of those sacks are Wilson's fault. I don't think that Wilson fumbles at a much higher rate than quarterbacks when they get hit. Witness the clip that we just came in with with Patrick Mahomes fumbling when Baron Browning gets him. Right. Sacks cause fumbles on quarterbacks. Call strip sacks. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, a guy that's pretty darn good about that. The Broncos will be facing in this yeah. game, by the way. Yeah, They're somewhat familiar with about the or a different jersey was. number. But but I guess I look at it and I think that the things that Sean Payton seems to blame Russell Wilson for <laughs> fumbles on sacks and taking more sacks. Uh, one, I'm not really sure he's fumbling more on sacks than the average quarterback would. Uh, two, does he take more sacks? Yes, but you should have known that because that's who he's been his whole career. In other words, I don't think that in those two things in which Sean Payton looks at it and says, oh, wow, this must be the problem that Russell Wilson, why, why I can't allow him to throw any more passes. This is basically, he's either been the average guy or the guy he has been his whole career. These yeah. should have been expected. If he takes this many sacks, he's probably going to fumble X amount of times. If he has to try to extend plays, he's going to fumble X amount of times. Wilson is the classic example. It hasn't example. been that off normal. The classic example of a glass half empty or glass half full, Dep- depending on your outlook. Yeah, average is point. average, but some would view Wilson being average as a disappointment, and they would say the glass is half empty. Mm-hmm. Others would say, compared to last year, it's half full. Right? Right. The thing is, he's had two 300-yard passing games this year, and those two games I mentioned in the last three weeks, under 120 yards. So people are they, – they don't get it. No, uh, it, I don't it, get it either. No, no other quarterback has 300-yard game, 300 games and below 120 yards with equal frequency in the entire league. No. No one does. No one does. He has two games of 300 yards and two games under 120, which makes no sense One of those was under 100 at all. Right. 95, and they lost to Kansas City. they lost to Kansas City. You're exactly right. Against Kansas City this year, he threw for a little more than 200 yards, but not a lot more than 200 yards. In the two games put together. Yeah. Right? And I'm saying if that's their attitude against a top-level team, then they've they've got no shot on Monday night. They're not giving themselves right. a chance. Now, I, you know, we talk about spreads on this program from time to time. Sure, why not? Buffalo minus seven and a half 
catches my eye because of the half. And there is a lot of pressure this week on the Bills playing at home with a 5-4 and four record that everybody thought Buffalo would be at least around Buffalo. 7-2 uh, and two yeah. or better quite at this better. point. Yes. You know why? Because two of their losses have come to the Jets and the Patriots, yeah. for goodness sake. Yep. The Patriots have only won two games. One of them came against Buffalo. Now, losing to Jacksonville, okay. Well, there was a playoff team last year. Not a lot of teams beat and... Jacksonville. I mean, and Lawrence has not had a great year, and they're still 6-2. and two. And losing to Cincinnati, the way Cincinnati is playing now, also is no disgrace on the road. No disgrace at all. But those two earlier losses stick in the craw of people both inside and outside the facility in Buffalo. And I think there will be some anxiety in the stands on Monday night if the Bills don't jump out to a big lead Early. Normally, we look at the Broncos' schedule. Let's, let's look at the Bills' schedule. You have the Broncos first. That's an eminently winnable game for them. They have the rematch against the Jets. Obviously, they're going to be up for that on the In 19th. Buffalo. In but Buffalo. then look at what's next. They have yeah, the Eagles. Schedule. That's tough at schedule. Philly. Yeah. They have the bye. Then they go. They have to go to Kansas City. Right. And then Dallas comes to town. And, and Dallas is dangerous. Dallas is dangerous. Now, is Dallas a great team? No. Is Dallas... Pretty much a surefire in, NFC playoff team. Yes. And, and they, there, are they a that, team that dangerous. can win just about of any course, game on any Sunday? Of they course sure they could. can. And Prescott, at least, for the, and, and I know with Prescott, the numbers don't tell the whole story. But, boy, his numbers are damn good. They're damn good. And so that that's not a game that a team as banged up as Buffalo is defensively. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this as limited as Buffalo can be on offense. Buffalo really doesn't have a running game, apart from Josh Allen running around unscripted, right? Uh, They they got one big play wide receiver in Diggs. Whatever happened to their other receivers? Well, Gabriel Davis was was so good last year. This this year he's fallen off a cliff. Now, he has five touchdowns, but he he has 430 yards. Kincaid is a first-round pick at tight end, and he's a player. He's but he still player. is barely over 300 yards receiving right. on the year. Right. He's not even right. averaging 10 yards so, a catch. So I'm, I'm saying it isn't like they're playing an unbeatable team. But you know what? At, at home, they're pretty good. At home, they're pretty good. And they're playing on Monday night. There's some pressure on them. And, uh, yeah, if it's a blowout, I, I guess it wouldn't shock me. But I do think it'll be a closer game. So I do think it matters when it comes to how Sean Payton feels about Russell Wilson and how much he's going to allow Wilson to try to do to put pressure on that Buffalo defense. Yeah, I just, I think of the teams historically, and I'm trying to think of like, you know, good teams. And obviously over the years, I'm thinking more of championship caliber teams that have basically said, we don't trust our quarterback to win us football games. We only believe our quarterback will lose, and we're still good. Okay, I guess you could look at the Ravens team with its brilliant defensive one with Trent Dilfer, quarterback, yeah, yeah, who that's I think true. was asked that's to true. do more or less the same. 
Oh, uh, probably, don't probably even yeah. less. Don't, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Just don't they, lose They had game. an all-time great defense. The Bronco defense has been better for the last several weeks, mm-hmm. but they're not the Baltimore I'm Ravens. to a certain extent. <laughs> even of this year, uh, they aren't the Baltimore Ravens. Forget about 2000. As much as you hate to say it, I... Bill Sims in the Super Bowl win over the Denver Broncos years ago. That was another team with a a top tier defense. And oh yeah, uh, they no doubt. And Sims was electric in that game. Sims was terrific. Still and holds Sims, the record for completion Sims, percentage. I, I a, thought it at that time especially a pretty good quarterback was very underrated. But and I, I but it seemed as if Parcells was doing underrated. the same thing. Just uh, kind of don't I, screw I, it up. No, no, I I don't agree with that. Okay. I, I think what, with, with Parcells' philosophy in the passing game always seemed to me to be an acknowledgement that receivers are dependent position because his Giants teams anyway. I don't know so much about New England, but his Giants teams never had great wide receivers. Look at the Super Bowl team. I mean, they had guys like Manuel and McConkey. Yeah, they, it was I mean, really it, kind of Mark Pavaro that was your... Yeah, Mark Pavaro yeah. was the star, star receiver. Right. He was the tight end. They didn't have explosive receivers. Uh, by by any stretch of the imagination, they did not. But but I, the, when they did throw, Parcells' idea was if you're going to throw, throw the damn ball down the field mm-hmm. and try to make something of it. But you're you're right in the sense that Parcells was uh, very much out of the uh, Lombardi school, where you you want to pass efficiently, and you also Lombardi loved to take the deep shot. Uh, and and Star did too, and that was back when quarterbacks actually called their own plays. But right. Lombardi was obviously working with Star all week to develop the game plan, so calls didn't surprise Lombardi. My point being that Parcells did the same kind of thing, and you'll notice with Belichick in 2007, especially, um, you know, Tom Brady was very much. Uh, in his prime at that point, or about to enter his prime, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they threw, they they were throing the ball down the field. But I mean, you think <laughs> they weren't the, dinking and dunking very often. They had Randy Moss. Yeah, they had Wes Welker, and they, and they threw the ball down. Jeff the field. Hostetler, Jim McMahon. Uh, well, yeah, when Hostetler had to Mark, play, Mark yeah, Rippin, they pulled their horns. Right. In. Um, yeah. So, so there are quarterbacks that uh, Jake Delhomme, for but, example, but, that well, had a great well, running game I, in Carolina. I I push back on Rippin for the one year. Rippon was the best deep thrower in the NFL that year. Okay, and Gibbs, Gibbs I, believed. I think, Gibbs also believed if you're going to throw, throw the ball. But down my point game. was this: those quarterbacks that were okay, generally not good, were on successful teams and were not asked to carry those successful teams. Which I think none of those those folks were asked to carry those teams. The teams had an otherwise dominant feature, dominant. Even which I mentioned. Jake DeLome, right? When Carolina made its made its run. Uh, they had two brilliant running backs uh, and could hand that off and have a, you know, they had, they had enough there to, to get something done. And they either, either had dominant defenses, in some cases all-time defenses, or a running game, and more recently in Carolina, that was borderline yep. unstoppable with two Pro Bowl caliber running backs. Yeah. The Broncos don't have any of those no, things. No, they no. don't have a dominant defense. They no. don't have an otherwise dominant offense. Here's right. the thing. Right. Like it or not, if the Denver Broncos really want to turn things around, they need Russell Wilson. And they need Russell Wilson more than Sean Payton seems to think they need Russell Wilson. I agree with that. I agree with that. And if you are of the belief, as Sean Payton seems to be, 
that you've turned this thing around. Despite Russell Wilson, apparently. Almost in spite of Russell Wilson. Almost in spite of Russell Wilson. And any praise given to Russell Wilson is of the grudging variety. If you believed you'd really turned it around, I'm not saying you have to unleash him or let Russ cook or any of that nonsense. But you, you can't be as cautious. You've, you've got to make some big plays. You've got to get some explosives. And the funny uh, thing is, this, game. this year, by the way, you still look at the advanced metrics. You know what Russell Wilson's best ball is? The deep ball. It's the deep yeah. ball. And you talked about with some of those quarterbacks. The yeah. strategy would be, and Bill Parcells, Sean Payton's mentor, if you're going to throw it, well, throw it down the field. Dan, well, Sean Payton's not letting him do that. Dan Reese is one who told me, and it was about Phil Sims, but he said it about some other quarterbacks. He said the most difficult pass to throw is a deep out. And he said Phil Sims throws a deep out better than John Elway throws a deep out. That was Phil Sims' forte. And Reese basically, was, Reese found out in the Super Bowl <laughs> that he even Reese may have underestimated <laughs> Phil Sims, and Reese knew Sims is really, really good. May have also uh, estimated Elway on the but, but deep out. But on, on the end. deep out, uh, you know, Phil Sims threw the deep out well. And so, yeah, when they called pass plays, you know, they had the scene to Bavaro in which Bavaro would drag five or six tacklers right uh, down the field with him. Uh, Buffalo do- doesn't have that. The Broncos certainly don't have that. And, you know, you, you t- this is the same guy who said, well, we have a log jam at wide receiver, but he won't let the quarterback exploit the apparent talent he sees at wide receiver. I think he overrates the talent at wide uh, receiver. Yes, so, I agree with that. But I, I I don't follow his thinking, I guess is the best way I can put it. I don't think you do either. No. And I talked to some very smart sports people at lunch today, and the subject came up. And uh, I was glad to hear that none of them understood it either. If if you think you have a power running game, that's great. But to score points, to get the lead, you generally have to throw the ball, and you have to throw the ball downfield a little bit. I'm not talking about bombs away. Right. With these shell coverages, nobody faces their attack, and as Sid Gilman and Al Davis used to on the vertical passing game. And, you know, it was fine completing 45 to 50% of the passes. But, my goodness. You know, if you're, there are 30 quarterbacks in this league, most of them backups, who can do what they're asking Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson to at do this here. Point in this season, he's had 78 attempts of 20 yards or more downfield per pro football focus. He okay, ran, that's that's eight games, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And seventy. That's not even ten a game. Here are here are by the way his pro football focus ratings. These are zero to one hundred, and everything over let's say about eighty is really good. Everything about ninety is and ninety for quarterbacks basically doesn't happen. The ten to nineteen yard route, sixty two point eight. He's thrown seventy seven of those. The Short pass attempts, 0-9, to nine, he's thrown 200 of those, by far the largest, 68.1. Behind the line of scrimmage, he's thrown 77 of those, well, 70.4. You, you were the one who pointed out 9 mm-hmm. of 19 passes went, even, in the last even game. Even just went forward. Did not go beyond the yeah, line of scrimmage. Right. But he's thrown 78 pass attempts, 20 or more yards down the field. His passer rating, or at least according to pro football focus, 
nine. Still, to this day, one of the very best over the course of his career. And where they overlap, only Aaron Rodgers has a better deep ball route in the pro football focus grading over the course of their career for deep balls, 20 yards or more downfield. And, and right now, Russell Wilson is still among the very top. And that's the one thing that Sean Payton doesn't want him doing. It's fascinating. Did, did you see, uh, very quickly, that uh, ESPN referred to the Wilson-Payton relationship today as a work in progress? Yeah. Yeah. Also, another way to put it is one foot out the door for one of them. The Denver Nuggets take I on think the we Warriors. Know who that one yeah, we do. The Warriors last night, the two best teams in the West, played like the two best teams in the West. Sure and did. the uh, the team with the trophy came out on top, but it was close. We'll talk about the Nuggets and Warriors next on My Life Sports. Hey, I'm Molly, and I'm the host of the Did That Age Well podcast. Each week, my guests and I recap and review movies from the past, and we talk about how they hold up. I'm joined by comedians, writers, friends, and podcasters to talk about the cringeworthy to the timeless classics. We break them all down and share some laughs as we do it. So find us at milehighlife.com or follow Did That Age Well wherever you get your podcasts. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Curry lost it, knocked away. Porter's got it. Should ram it, shouldn't he? No, he got to pull the trigger on a three. Bang! Draws the crowd. KCP over to Porter. Porter again, shooting with such great confidence. Michael Porter Jr., uh, three for eight on threes last night, including a really, really important one way down the stretch as the Nuggets knock off the Warriors 108 to 105. And when I say knock off, I guess I should mean hold on for dear life. But for Porter Jr., they they had to rally in the fourth quarter. They did. And uh, and this wasn't a big lead that got blown and they hung on at the end. They they were down going to the fourth quarter. Uh, They were down a few minutes into the fourth quarter. Uh, Jokic was so exhausted at the end of the game that he bricked two free throws with mm-hmm. 15 seconds left. It's very uncharacteristic, but he was exhausted. And this is where I think the Nuggets have to be a little careful, but at the same time, without Jokic playing 37 minutes, they don't win the game. Uh, but it, this is one of the few games you'll ever see, especially between two teams that are clearly top drawer in the entire league. Certainly. In which both coaches come out of the game absolutely thrilled, including the losing coach. Yeah. Who's absolutely thrilled. He said, we, we played great. You didn't have, we they competed, didn't have Draymond Green. We played great. Our bench was great. Uh, and their bench, the reason the Warriors are the biggest threat to the Nuggets, with a possible exception of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I'll explain that mm-hmm. latter statement in a moment. And it, I think the same thing is true of the Timberwolves. The only two teams that have a bench that is capable of outplaying Denver's bench, Golden State, Minnesota. That's it. 
That's the list in the Western Conference. And one I'm of the big questions about that was the idea, well, could Chris Paul, who had never come off the bench in his career, coming into this season, adjust to being a bench player? And he was very good last night. And, and he was, very he was great. Good. And uh, I, you can't imagine a guy that's you know going to be a better second unit leader than Chris Paul, no matter if, you know, given the relative age. Every one of their bench players was a plus player last night. They were they were outstanding and they were dangerous. Uh, they could rotate around and remember that they would need fewer guys if Green was healthy. And Absolutely, of course the, the Nuggets would too. Well, you'd have if they had uh, Jamal Murray, you'd have but Sarge coming off the bench under ordinary circumstances, right? They have a very deep and capable bench. It's not just kids. Uh, Kaminga is the most promising of the young players mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. But Moody is very good. Jackson Davis was terrific last night. Uh, They're going to be a handful. And they are so much better on the road than they were last year because they're not turning the ball over a zillion times. They had nine turnovers last night, only 21 assists. But 21 to nine last year, that would have been record setting for them. Uh, The Nuggets went 24 and six. And the Nuggets won the game because they played a clean game. They, They were not. Uh, it, it was interesting that the shooting stats are almost identical. Nuggets only had six turnovers. Uh, it, well, that's what it's I'm saying. Team. 24 to six. I mean, it, 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 that's why they won the game. They yeah. didn't beat themselves. The Nuggets shot below 45%. So did Golden State. Uh, 43% Golden State, 44.6 for Denver. From three point range, both teams were 11 for 35. The same. Foul shooting, both teams stunk. At the line. The yeah. Nuggets were worse, 15 of 22, but Golden State, 20 for 26. You could argue that the Nuggets would have won by double digits yep. had they made a respectable number you could of argue free throws. The Warriors would have just won. The Nuggets, for some reason this year, seem to be a lousy foul shooting Especially team. late. That's, that's the line in the ointment. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, 10 offensive rebounds for Denver were exceeded by Golden State's 11. The rebounding was 49-45 in favor of Golden State overall, but there there were a fair number of missed shots. Neither team shot the ball well because the defense was uniformly excellent. Uh, I thought in many ways the Nugget MVP was uh, Kadavis Colwell-Pope last night who did a sensational defensive job all night at over 35 minutes. He played more minutes than Curry did. Yep. Every minute he was on the floor and Curry was on the floor, Caldwell-Pope was guarding Curry and uh, Caldwell-Pope, was a plus 13, and Curry was a minus 10. And she Curry scored six 23 and only made six field goals. Yeah. Uh, I thought now, he was they were all threes, but still. <laughs> you hold Steph Curry to six. I don't care if all of them are threes. You've done a tremendous job. And Curry did not play badly. No. And, you know, he turned the ball over three times, but uh, Jokic turned it over three times. And uh, Mark Kisla has a terrific column in the Post this morning about Jokic and Curry being kind of kindred spirits, uh, sort of, basketball superheroes in a, in a sense because they so often play with a vision yes that's what that I was, it's, other it's players sort of sort have. of game breaking game altering talent and vision and knowledge understanding of the game that other people don't have and and really to a certain extent can't even be taught i mean it that this was this felt to an extent wasn't as physical but a bit like a playoff matchup between these two teams would go I mean, there's going to be some back and forth. There's going to be a lot of, of maneuvering between Steve Kerr and, and Michael Malone. And I think we saw a lot of that. Uh, Aaron Gordon was spectacular, I thought. Uh, contributed all over the place like he uh, 
tends to, but I think even more so than normal, given the interesting size differences. You're not talking about the standard, like, big body center. Yeah. The, the Warriors are like the Nuggets, and their size just sort of isn't necessarily tied to the position. And certain guys are... are the size they're at, depending on what they play, and it doesn't matter much. But um, another good performance, you heard MPJ with the the threes, not his best game, but three for eight will do. Um, a pair of blocks, including a really big one in the fourth quarter, plus 13 on the night, as good as any of the Nuggets players, along with Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And Caldwell-Pope, again, it seems night in and night out, the Nuggets players have almost sort of, maybe there's a handshake agreement in the locker room that you know everyone's going to talk about KCP to end it to whoever they discuss, uh, whoever gets picked at the sideline, they're going to point out how well Casey well, played. But you know what? That's I'm not sure been, it's not deserved. He's been their best defensive player. Now, they, oh, they're I playing great close. defense as a team, but he's their best defensive player. And he's he's guarding uh, the best guards in the league and holding his own uh, for the most part uh, against those those people now they had a couple guys like Doncic, for example, he would he wouldn't guard him. But uh, but, but, but Porter Jr. do it, but, and he was great. But and Porter Jr. did fine. Uh, anybody else guarding Doncic, uh, not so fine. Uh, he he killed him uh, offensively uh, in that game. He he's a tough cup. Listen, it, it, and the best thing Porter did was force him into five turnovers, and he had nine for for the game. But last night. It wasn't so much about forcing turnovers. It was it was just making Golden State take uh, tough shots. And, yeah. and Golden State wasn't giving the Nuggets that much either. Uh, I, I'd have to go back and look. Maybe the Minnesota game was worse in terms of shooting percentage for the Nuggets. But uh, I think among the games they've won, the Nuggets were all but that one. Contested. It was the lowest shooting percentage as a team they've had this year, I believe, in a win. Now, uh, were, were they all solid? Starting five, yes. Uh, the bench, a little less so. And uh, frankly, I, I I like Gillespie, but he was a little overmatched last night. And, you know, Peyton Watson was overmatched. And, you know, night. quite I frankly, so. Completely overmatched by command. I thought uh, Julian Strother was, too. And I think that's why he ended they up got seeing him out. Well, Justin Holliday came out. in and played. And, Strother and, you know, looked over, listen, overwhelmed. Brown was not great. Brown was minus eight in mm-hmm. 16 minutes. They they really had to ride the starters. Yeah, uh, Gordon thirty four minutes, Porter thirty seven, Jokic thirty seven, Jackson thirty two, KCP thirty five. They had to ride the start. They don't want to do that off the time. Even when Murray's in the lineup, they don't want starters playing thirty two to thirty seven minutes a game. And uh, I should have gone back and averaged that, but I bet it's more minutes in any game this year. That starters have played oh, more I, minutes I sure. for the starting sure five sure than in it. any other game. And you talk this about year. the the shooting percentage, yeah. And then the Timberwolves game, the Nuggets shot on the thirty nine point six, but uh, the the forty four. Well, no, point, I mean among the games yeah. they won. Uh, I, I know they, they were they, right. they they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in St. Paul. No, no, it was a that was or a terrible night. But I'm sorry, Target Center's in Minneapolis. But the. It, it really was a, a good performance. They harassed guys into bad shooting nights. Wiggins was four for 13. You know, yeah, he he's, in a, he's in a terrible shooting uh, zone. It, it's, it was pretty solid. And, the you know, it's funny. You, you look at the end where Clay Thompson couldn't quite get the handle yeah. on a pass that was maybe a smidge ahead of him and couldn't get. But, I mean, it's funny that's the highlight. That really wasn't as 
as big a thing as they make it out to be. That really wasn't kind of what decided the game. I mean, it's oh, that, would, that was sort of a of desperation, no, no, get it down listen, there for yeah, a desperation Jokic, Jokic missed the two free throws right. when they were up two with 15 seconds left. And if he had made either one of them, the games it would have, it would have ended effectively it. over. Right. Uh, at, you know, who knows? But they they survived. They won by three. Uh, both coaches are happy. People watch the game were happy. It wasn't a blowout. Uh, the first half of the doubleheader last night was the Knicks in San Antonio, which was <laughs> absurd. Uh, and it, it, San Antonio is really bad. I mean, I I, I know they're young. Yeah, well, and I, pretty bad. You know, Wembenyama had the one great game on national TV against Phoenix, and he deserved all the credit that he received for that one game. But you have to understand it's one game. He's playing on a bad team. And I think there are going to be a lot more nights like last night for him than there were, uh, than there will be by the end of the year, nights such as the one he had The Spurs Phoenix. are a bad team at 3-5. and five. The Clippers are 3-4. and four. Uh, They're well, not the, very good either. And they're 0-2 with Harden, yep. who has been – just dreadful. That was a disaster. Disastrous trade. I think it took the Clippers out of championship contention, even though everyone yeah, talked about it. I think it took them it. out of playoff contention. It, it might have. And the, uh, the Lakers are going to find themselves at risk. Well, they're at the same record as Spurs 3-5. and five. They got their doors blown off you know by what? the Houston Rockets. You know what? I, I said something the other day. By the Rockets. Houston was on the Nuggets. 28-94. No. They were outscored 32-19 to in the first. They Houston, were never in it. Houston is... Better than well, we'll have we a pretty good thought. idea because we, the Nuggets' they, next I'm game. I'm you, you don't want to sleep on them. The Nuggets' next game is in Houston well, on Sunday that night. That won't be a walkover, uh, I suspect. Um, you know, I have my reservations about Brooks, but he does guard people, and he did a hell of a job on LeBron last night. Not so much in the playoffs last year for Memphis. LeBron scored 18 night, points he, he, and was he, a minus 24. Telling you, you know, I remind myself of this. You can say what you want about Dylan Brooks' act. I don't particularly like it, but he can guard people. Fred Van Vliet is one of the most underrated guards in the sport. I agree with that. And they are young, and they are exceedingly athletic, and – I was surprised that they beat the Lakers by 34, but you know what? They'll beat teams like the Lakers this year, especially at home, by that kind of margin again. They shot that was not 54. a fluke. Four point eight percent from the field, and Ha-ha. the coach is <laughs> among the best ten coaches in the league. Whatever you think of his off-court behavior, which. Got him fired in Boston. He took him to the finals. All right. They didn't get yeah. They didn't get the last He's year. He's a great coach, not a good coach. He is a great young coach, and the players. I I watched some of that last night, or at least the highlights. He they play hard every night. They may not play well, but they play hard. And once they get those vets that they brought in fully integrated. I'm, I'm t- I'll, I'll say they're a playoff team. They, I, they'll probably be seventh or eighth. I'm not saying they'll be top six, but I think they'll be a playoff team. Nuggets get them on Sunday night. The Avalanche get another uh, crack at the Kraken. That will happen this evening. We'll talk more about the Avs and tell you who will be in net when we get back.
This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Tonight, the Colorado Avalanche take on the Seattle Kraken. They will get them, by the way, again on Monday. So two out of the next three games against Seattle. They'll have had three games against Seattle uh, in a very short span of time. And their first, it'll be really, uh, you know, they've played 11 games. They will, and two of the next three, it'll be uh, the Kraken. So, I mean, you're talking about three of the first 14 games against the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. The Avalanche 4-0 and at home. 8-3 overall. One of those home wins came with Ivan Prosvetov as the goaltender in net making his debut. He was excellent in his debut in that game uh, against the Blues. Right. He will get the start in net tonight. Good. And Jared Bednar talked a little bit about Prosvetov and some of the, the realities of the Avs giving up more goals than they'd like to of late with Alexander Georgiev in net. Well, I mean, he played really well in his first game for us. It's been a little while. Um, you know, we look at um, the analytics, talk to Georgie, see how he's feeling. He's feeling fine. Uh, but I would say in an honest evaluation, in honest evaluation, his last, you know, handful of games weren't as good as his first handful, right? So um, still trying to let him work through his game and still give him opportunities to kind of bounce back with it. Um, obviously, he was good enough to win the other night. Um, and he's given us a chance to win when he's in the net. Sometimes we haven't supported his efforts with our goals. But, um, you know, so we talked about a few things. And, you know, it's a generally it's not too in-depth. It's just checking on a few things and trying to keep everyone involved. And Prosvetov's been working hard. He's looked good in practice. I think his first game was good. We've got to keep playing him. And it's a long year. You're going to need both guys. I love Jared Bednar. Straight shooter. Straight shooter. I mean, there's no just gives it to you. Straight. No secrets there. Talk no, specifically no, about how we don't no think anything's wrong with Georgiev, but the, right. the numbers are what they are. They and, are what they are. And he's got to get better. And that's right. You know, and they're working okay. through it with him. And I, I mean, like you do point have out, a goal. We're not scope. always supporting his efforts. Yes. Well, with goals, I like that. Were you I love watching? That support. I'm going to start using that for people. Sorry, we haven't been supporting your efforts with uh, <laughs> something in every Good game. Business speak in every game the Avalanche played this year. When they have scored one goal, they've won the game. How about that? They have wow. three losses. They were shut out in all three. And you know what? Georgiev could have lost all three. One to zero. One to nothing. And it still would have been you're, you're the right. same record of eight and three. And his record would still be six and three. And yeah, his goals against and a save percentage and other metrics would be better than they are presently. Um, I think his save percentage has dropped below 900. It has, which is which not is, good. That's okay. That's, that's not real bad. Good. Is what that is. Uh, yeah. now, it's it's again early, and he's had you know euphemistically speaking uh, some some shaky games uh, of late, uh, but you can't win if you don't score. And the only times the Avs don't win are times when they're shut out. Now I. Small sample size. We're 11 games into an 82-game season. I'm sure they will lose games in which they score one or two goals. Uh, they might one even lose quite, quite a few. Yes. Three goals is generally still kind of the magic figure in hockey for good teams. If you're the first of three goals, a good team's going to win 90, 95% of the time. If you're the first of three. 
you know, shootout six, five, seven, six games are a rarity. Uh, I think the game has a nice balance to it now. Um, there, there's some teams who are better defensively, some teams who are better offensively, but I think it, they're only, we were talking about this during the break. There are only two teams in the NHL who have failed to win four games. There are 32 teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Only two have failed to win four. Edmonton is one, and you figure they'll get going at some point. Edmonton is 2-8-1. and one. San Jose is 1-10-1. and one. Everyone else has won at least four. Calgary's won four. Seattle's won four. Chicago's won four. And, you know, beyond those teams, everyone's won at least five. The Avs have won eight. Yeah. Vegas, it, it, it for some Vegas, reason, feels like a wobbly beating start, the Avalanche, but... looks like a last-place team. Right. They got crushed at home like by the All Kings of a sudden, the night. wheels just kind of fell off. And if you remember opening night, the Avalanche went into Staples Center or Crypto.com or whatever they're calling it now and beat the tar out of the Kings. And I saw some of the Kings-Vegas game last night. I mean, Vegas Vegas didn't show like the Avs didn't show against Vegas on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, they didn't show up. And it's important to look in these. I think that the so point they've you're lost three really games important. and the Avalanche have lost three games. So what? The it, it is an important point because we're talking about 11 games into an 82-game season, and every team, no matter how good they are, are going to run into some potholes here and there it's unavoidable you're going to have a couple clunkers you're going to have a couple stinkers you're going to have a couple where the other team for whatever reason just just had an a plus game that night it happens and there will be games uh, for for bad teams in which they will just light people up it's sure. going to happen that's sure. why the schedule Even is as San long Jose as it won is. the other night absolutely it's it, there's a reason the season is the length it is it is a designed to be a large sample size league that's the point and so, yeah, you're going to have an opportunity at times to look at each individual game as its own little entity. But, you know, by the end of the year, you'll be looking at just those records and the points. And the Avs, by that measure, are off to a very good start. They're and in first it, place in their division. it feels like they've somewhat Fine. underachieved. Well, I, I don't know. They've, they've had three awful games that have borne no resemblance to the other eight. You know, those three games are 4 nothing, 4 nothing, and 7 nothing. Following a 15-game all-time record yeah. winning streak on the road. Yeah, I mean, look at, so look they at were their losses. Okay, they somewhat got, of a regression on the three road. Times. And, and um, you know, c'est la vie. It, it, it's the way it goes sometimes. I think they'll find a way to get it done in Seattle. I look forward to seeing Prospetov in net again yep. because I, 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 liked, I, was, uh, I liked what I saw the last time he was out there. He, I, he looked steady. I he thought looked stable. He, he looked calm. I thought... You're right about all those things, but I think even more than that, in that game anyway, and I understand his reputation. Blues. I mm-hmm. understand his reputation. He has games like the one he played against St. Louis, and they say in Arizona he has other games where he can't stop a beach ball. He, he's so you know, one see. of those guys. So let's see if judiciously used, and Bednar's right. It's been a while since he played that game. Mm-hmm against St. Louis. Let's see what he does tonight against somewhat of an offensively challenged team in Seattle. Seattle is not as good offensively anyway as St. Louis is. 
Late April last year with uh, Arizona, you're exactly right. His last four starts of the year, seven goals, eight goals, four goals, four goals allowed. Right, but they'd seen him before then, mm-hmm. and they'd seen him play well, but they also And they haven't seen him, him in front badly. of this defense. Right. And when now, they now, did, it's different so far, playing so behind an Arizona defensive core and an Avalanche defensive core. Yeah. There's a little bit of a difference there. But the Avs have to pick it up defensively, and I don't just mean the defensemen. Correct. I mean the forwards. Yes. They've got to pick it up. They do. The bottom six guys have to pick it up defensively. And anything they score, the bottom six forwards, anything they do on the score sheet is a bonus. We will get to more of the avalanche a little bit later, actually. Some interesting comments by Bednar on, uh, well, Kale McCarr's comments on how the team needs to improve. We'll hear about that. But we want to turn our attention to the Denver Broncos, a huge game coming up with the Bills. The problem for the Broncos, it's it also a really big game for the Bills. Our friend Chris Thomas of the Denver Gazette will join us to break it all down next on My Life Sports. Hey, I'm Molly, and I'm the host of the Did That Age Well podcast. Each week, my guests and I recap and review movies from the past, and we talk about how they hold up. I'm joined by comedians, writers, friends, and podcasters to talk about the cringeworthy to the timeless classics. We break them all down and share some laughs as we do it. So find us at milehighlife.com or follow Did That Age Well wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, it's Drew Goodman. Guess what? Like everybody else in America, I have a podcast. Actually, I've had it for four years. Download it at all of your favorite places you get podcasts. I have great guests. Guys like Ryan McMahon, Dan Issel, Hall of Famer-to-be Albert Pujols, current Hall of Famer Larry Walker, Adam Schefter, and we kick around subjects locally, regionally, nationally. So download it and tell your friends. The Drew Goodman Podcast. Catchy name. 